Welcome to the Anti-Hype Podcast. So glad you've joined me this Tuesday morning. And uh, I realize some of you are listening to it, you know, maybe on a different day, maybe even weeks or months after this. Because, by the way, all of these episodes, there are now well over 500 uh, here on our site at podbean.com. These are all available on demand to listen to, to download it into your device, and I uh, trust they're being a great blessing to you. We're continuing our series on the hard sayings of Jesus. And here is one today that I have heard ever since I was a new believer, people discussing about this and wondering what Jesus could have meant. And it's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. And Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Wow, what an, what, what an incredible statement by Jesus uh, saying that this, that this sort of thing would happen in the, on the day of judgment. When he says, many will say to me in that day, he's talking about the end of the age and the time of judgment when we stand before the Lord. Can we imagine this? People are going to call him Lord. Oh, Lord, Lord, uh, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons and perform miracles in your name. And Jesus would say, hey, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Now, were these people telling the truth? Had they really performed these miracles? And if they had really performed these miracles in his name, how could, how could they be turned away? Well, I want to look at some, uh, some word studies that I believe will will enlighten us and give us some understanding. But first, I want to point out that this is in the context of a discussion where Jesus is warning the people about false prophets. It, the, the discussion begins in verse 15. Now, remember, Matthew did not write in chapters and verses. Chapters and verses in the Bible did not come along until I think it was the 13th century. So the the Chapters and verse divisions were not a part of the original Bible. Now, they're very helpful in the sense that they help us to find particular sayings and references, but they are detrimental in the sense that it makes it easy to take certain parts and passages out of context to take a verse and ignore the verses around it. Now, this discussion begins in verse 15, Matthew 7, 15, where Jesus said, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. In other words, they're not what they appear to be. But inwardly, they are ravenous wolves, greedy. Ravenous means extremely greedy. And Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. And he talks a little bit about fruit and how um, a, a good tree will bear good fruit and a bad tree will bear, bear uh, poor fruit. He did not say that you will know them by their gifts. He said, you'll know them by their fruit, by their character. You see, gifts can be uh, and talents 
can be manifested in a public gathering, say in an, a short period of time. But character and fruit has to be grown. It has to be developed over time. And Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit. And then in verse 21, which is a part of this whole discussion, he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, not everyone who talks the talk, walks the walk. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And by the way, this is something very important to realize that neither Jesus or Paul nor any biblical writer ever makes miracles the criterion for recognizing truth. Mir yes, we believe in miracles. We believe in the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit. But the, the biblical writers are very careful to make clear that the presence of miracles themselves are not the sign of truth. Because the devil can perform miracles as well. You remember uh, when uh, Moses went before and Aaron went before Pharaoh, and uh, I think it was Aaron that was threw down his rod, and it turned into a snake. And then Pharaoh had his magicians. They said, "Well, well, we can do that." And they threw down their rods, and they all turned into snakes. Now, eventually, Moses' rods, Moses. Uh, the, the rod that had turned into a snake swallowed up all the others, which is interesting, as a sign how God's power is always greater. But the point is, the Egyptian magicians, they were also able to perform miracles. So never take miracles as a sign, oh, this person must be of God, or this must be a place where God is really working. Um, it may be, but it may not be. And so, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of God, uh, it is doing the will of God that is important to Jesus. Uh, in fact, I remember Jesus saying one time, uh, he was speaking to a crowd that was gathered around him, and somebody came to him and said, uh, your mother and your brothers and sisters are on the outside, and you know, they're at the edge of the crowd, they're wanting to see you. And Jesus said, who are my brothers and my sisters and, and, and mother. And he looked around at the crowd and he said, whoever does the will of my father in heaven, this one is my mother, my sister, and my brother. Jesus put ultimate value on those who are committed to doing the will of the father, doing the will of God. And this is what he says here. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And then verse 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonderful works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, you who practice, you, you workers of iniquity. Now, two very important words here in verses 22 and 23. Um, no, they're, they're both in verse 23. I never knew you. Knew is the Greek word gnosko. There were two Greek words that are translated know in our Bibles. And they have a different meanings that can be very important, and it is here. Gnosko is the word that is used here. 
And it is a knowing that is based on a relationship, a relationship between the knower and the object known. For example, someone might tell me about a steakhouse and says, oh, the food is wonderful. The, the steaks are the best you've ever t- tasted. Well, I would have some, this is what the Greek would be, oida. it's information. I don't know. I've never experienced it, but somebody's told me. So I just have some, some information in my mind, head knowledge. But then if I go to that steakhouse, I sit down and I enjoy their meal, and I enjoy that steak, then I have another level of knowing. I now have a relationship. I have eaten. I have experienced. Now I have knowledge that is called gnosko. Gnosko is based on a relationship between the one who knows and the object that is known. It's a personal relationship. And Jesus said, I will declare to them, oh, Lord, Lord, well, we've done. And I will declare to them, I never gnosko you. I never knew you. I never had any personal relationship with you. You were just running out doing things on your own. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. The word iniquity there, uh, and I looked that up in my Greek, Greek, Greek uh, um, my, my Greek interlinear, and it means without law. That's why the New King James uh, uh, translates it as lawlessness. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness, you who practice lawlessness. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. I never had a relationship with you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Oh, my friends, it reminds me of a great revival that was happening a few years ago in in, um, Lakeland, Florida. Thousands of people were going there because uh, the evangelist was claiming that People were being raised from the dead and all kinds of miracles. And see, I have no doubt that in a situation like that, that there were people, sincere people who went there desperate and in faith and God touched them, had nothing to do with the advances of what was going on. Sue and I never felt comfortable. We didn't go there. We didn't feel comfortable about it. And I felt the Holy Spirit said to me, it will collapse under the weight of its own sin. And sure enough, it came out in public. While this evangelist was preaching and claiming these great miracles that were taking place. And by the way, there were some Christian journalists who wanted to do an article for a well-known Christian magazine. I talked to them about, about it. And um, so they, they went to this evangelist and, and his team to, uh, you know, to get names where they could follow up and get their story. They gave they gave them names. None of them panned out. They could not they could not confirm a single person who was raised from the dead. Of and they were claiming every night about people being raised from the dead, but they could not confirm any. And then it came out in the open. This individual, at the same time where he's claiming having visitation of angels and claiming miracles and so on, and that angels are talking to him. He's having an affair with his secretary and drinking and getting drunk on the side. All my friends, only God knows the hurt. 
But it's not enough just to say, Lord, Lord. It's not enough just to mouth words. It's not, it's not enough just to, to learn the Christian language and learn how to have a meeting. It's not enough to talk the talk. We must walk the walk. We must have a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. We must know him. He must know us personally. We must not be those who practice lawlessness, just doing our own thing in his name. That has that that is happening too much. No, there must be a personal yielding up to him, following him, committed to doing the will of the Father and knowing him. I'll close with the words of Paul in uh, Philippians 3.10. He said that his passion in life, that he had forsaken everything, he said that I may know him, talking about Jesus, talking about Christ, that I may know him, that word gnosko. <laughs> said, I've forsaken everything, that I may gnosko, that I may know him personally and intimately and the power of his resurrection. God bless you. I'm Eddie Hyatt. This is the Eddie Hyatt Podcast. Hope you'll join me tomorrow. We're going to continue looking at the hard sayings of Jesus. I encourage you to check out my website, eddiehyatt.com. There's contact information there if you'd like to be in contact with Sue or with me. And I look forward to to seeing you, being with you tomorrow.